the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. Joe Biden says, don't you worry about a thing. He's got everything under control. Uh, wow, we we've got a lot to talk about today, and uh, there there are a lot of folks that are quite frankly very nervous uh, right now about what's happening with the nation's banking system. As it now stands, uh, we have at least three banks, uh, two of which have already shut down, others uh, not not doing well right now, and uh, it's going to be a bit of a rocky road. Uh, my recommendation for you is, look, don't panic here. Uh, this is There is no reason to panic. I would say that, by and large, most of the people listening to this program do not have more than a quarter million dollars in the bank. So if you, if you have more than a quarter million, well, you might want to be a little concerned. But if you don't, you really don't have much to worry about right now. However, There are some residual effects that are impacting a lot of people. I know here in the Memphis area, there was a a very popular local uh, liquor store. They used a direct deposit through one of the companies in the Silicon Valley Bank, and as a result, nobody got their paycheck on Friday. A lot of people using Etsy, uh, you're not getting your money, and that's a big problem for a lot of small businesses right now across the country. So my question to you is whether or not we need to be bailing out banks like Silicon Valley Bank, because there are probably going to be a few more that go belly up before all this is said and done. And I appreciate what Bernie Marcus had to say, the um, one of the co-founders of Home Depot, and he said, hey, look, the, the problem here with Silicon Valley Bank is these folks went went woke. When you look at all of the things this bank was doing, and, and typically, um, by and large, they were servicing the, the tech industry there in California. But man, were they woke. They were invested heavily in climate change initiatives, LGBT stuff, the sex and gender crowd. All It, it was insane over there. As a matter of fact, they actually had a person on staff that was in charge of diversity, equity, and inclusion. By the way, did you know that Silicon Valley Bank actually owned a ski lodge? What the heck? That's insane. Why does a bank need a ski lodge? But they've got one. So anyway, a lot of people very upset, very concerned, um, and and rightfully so. I'm not sure that uh, Joe Biden 
was uh, is doing the right thing here. And I'm not quite sure Joe Biden understands what's really going on. Cut number eight, please. And finally, we must reduce the risk of this happening again. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. On top of all that, let's also take a look at a moment to put the situation in a broader context. We've made strong economic progress in the past two years. We've created more than 12 million new jobs. More jobs in two years than any president has ever created in a single four-year term. Unemployment is below 4% for 14 straight months. Take-home pay for workers is going up, especially for lower- and middle-income workers. And we've seen record numbers of people apply to start new businesses, more than 10 million of them. More than 10 million applications over the last two years starting businesses. Now we need to keep the program, this progress, going. That's what swift action that my administration over the past few years is all about. Protecting depositors, protecting the banking system, protecting the economic gains we've made together for the American people. Thank you. God bless you. And may God protect our troops. All right. So look, anyway, look, here's the deal. They're bailing out this bank. They're not calling it a bailout, but that's exactly what it is. And they say, well, the taxpayer money isn't going to be. No, the taxpayer money is going to be used. Your hard earned money is going to be used to bail out these wackadoodles. And look, pardon me, but if you've if you've got a business and you know that the bank is only insured up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars of however much money you have in that bank, then that's on you. You need to get your money and you need to diversify. But nobody's nobody's doing that these days because they know they know that the Democrats are going to have their back. They know the Democrats are going to bail them out. And I'm curious to know from you, uh, the great listeners of this program, do you believe we ought to be bailing out these banks that are going belly up? 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, the other bank is Signature Bank, and all you need to know is that former Congressman Barney Frank sits on the board of directors of the Signature Bank, and that bank collapsed over the weekend. Also, by the way, First Republic Bank, there was a run on the bank on Saturday, and word is that lines were out the door this morning, people wanting to pull their money out. But again, if you've got under if you've got under a quarter million, you're okay. Your money's going to be protected. You're going to be able to get your money. By the way, can I just suggest that? And we've had Charles Thorngren on for a, a, a number of times, at least once a month. And Legacy Precious Metals, <clears throat> they support this program. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Legacy Precious Metals. One of the things that Thorngren's been telling us, and he's been saying this for a good year now, is that you got to diversify your portfolio. You've got to do it. 
And that's one of the things that I've done, which is invest in gold and silver. And those of you investing in gold and silver, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through all of this. But if you're not, well, you got problems. And and it's going to be a rough a rough go. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Very happy to have you with us today. So, look, to pick up the conversation here, and a lot of uh, our folks uh, weighing in on the social media page right now saying, Todd, all these banks are woke. There's no way we should be bailing them out. Do not bail them out. That's what John says. Lisa says the bankers sold their shares before it all went down. They're all crooked. Oh, they are all crooked, Lisa. By the way, you can weigh in as well, 844-747-8868. Do we bail out these banks? Now, Congressman Thomas Massey has another weird component to all of this. He says that uh, he was on a Zoom call a Zoom meeting with the Fed, with the Treasury, the FDIC, along with members of the House and the Senate, because everybody's wanting to know what the heck is going on here. And Massey says that a Democrat senator asked whether there was a program in place to censor information on social media that could lead to a run on the banks. Again, let me say that again. A Democrat senator asked whether there was a program in place to censor information on social media that could lead to a run on the banks. Now, that's a terrific question because over the weekend, that was the big concern, is that Twitter might fuel some sort of a a run on the banks. And it's interesting, folks, because today you can find very little information about bank run on social media. As a matter of fact, just last week, and this is ahead of what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, Mike Benz, who was a former State Department cyber guy, said that he discovered Homeland Security had already revised its censorship materials. So they've got they've got all this information that they can come after you with. And now they've they've amended it to include financial misinformation. And they've added financial the censorship of financial misinformation to their portfolio of critical infrastructure domains. In other words, they can classify your tweets as a cyber attack. This is bizarre stuff. And all of this happened last week. And I don't believe in coincidences, ladies and gentlemen. 
don't believe in them at all. So it's very odd because there's just not a lot of information trending right now on social media surrounding the bank controversy, and you would think that that's all people would be talking about today. And that makes me wonder if, in fact, there is some sort of a government effort to censor the information that's out there. Now, again, I don't think there's any reason to panic uh, unless you have more than a quarter million dollars in your bank. And then you probably should take a good look at maybe moving some of that money around. The Gateway Pundit reporting that today trading has been halted at 30 banks just as the market opened. New York Stock Exchange also halted trading at Charles Schwab. Ian Miles Chong wondered, is the bank collapse happening in real time? So again, the trading for over 30 banks has been halted on Wall Street. Now, whether or not this is a collapse or if a collapse is imminent, well, the government is telling us, nope, we don't think so. You've got Congressman Massey out there from Kentucky saying, hey, look, you may not be able to find out that information because it looks like they're cracking down on what's really going on out there. But over the weekend, it was a free-for-all. I mean, people were posting photos, videos of all these people standing in line outside of the banks wanting to get their money, and now we got nothing. It's very odd, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? Very, very odd. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, some some news on the um, on who will and will not be protected. Here's President Biden, cut number nine. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. Well, that's well and good, but should the taxpayers lose their money? I mean, that's the, that's the issue at hand here, because all those all those people that have put into the FDIC, that's where the money's going to be coming from to cover all of these losses at the Silicon Valley Bank. That's That's where this is all leading. Just unbelievable. So we're going to keep you updated on this. We're going to be speaking to some experts in banking um, a little bit later on, including Carol Roth, uh, who was um, who was all over conservative media this weekend, and uh, she's going to be giving us an idea of what we can expect moving forward. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later in the show. Also, Chris Ruddy is going to be here, uh, the CEO of Newsmax, with an update on the censorship of conservative media. And our good friend Congressman Ben Klein out of Virginia is going to be here um, in the next hour of the program uh, talking about this bank collapse. Maybe he can give us some more intel on what exactly is 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 going down. All right, I got to tell you about this story out of Stanford University. So there was a, a meeting of the Federalist Society chapter, great conservative group, and they have chapters on just about every major university campus uh, that have law schools. And Stanford Law School happens to have a Federalist Society uh, chapter. And uh, as they often do, they bring special speakers onto campus. One of those was a federal judge, Kyle Duncan. Now, Judge Duncan had been invited to deliver a speech at the at this event. And when he showed up, it turned out that a mob of fascist students had infiltrated and they were shouting down everything everything the judge was saying. And it got so bad that the judge asked for somebody 
to to bring in an administrator so they could they could move the unruly crowd out of the room and he could deliver his speech. So that's exactly what happened. A, and we've got the video up on our website, toddsterns.com. Nine minutes of this. The audio is not very good, so we're not going to play this on the radio, but you can, you can watch the video and you can see exactly what happened there at Stanford University. So the university's dean of diversity, equity, and inclusion, her name is Tyrion Steinbach, showed up. And instead of telling the fascist kids to, get, to either shut up and be respectful or get the heck out of the room, what did she do? she turns around and starts scolding Judge Duncan. I mean, just reamed the guy out, completely disrespectful. So the, so the judge said, this is bonkers, and, uh, and he left. And the judge doing an interview with the Washington Free Beacon said, look, if enough of these kids get into the legal profession, the rule of law will descend into barbarism. And he's right. These are all law students, by the way. Every single person there a law student. He said the inmates are running the asylum over there. And the judge went on to say, don't feel sorry for me. I'm a life-tenured federal judge. What outrages me is that these kids, talking about the federal society, these conservative kids are being treated like dog poop by fellow students and administrators. So it got so bad. This thing is bonkers. But the woke crowd really, really ticked off a lot of alumni and donors. So it got so bad, the president of Stanford and the dean of the School of Law issued an apology. And i got to read this to you. We are very clear with our students that given our commitment to free expression, if there are speakers they disagree with, they are welcome to exercise their right to protest, but not to disrupt the proceedings. Our disruption policy states students are not allowed to prevent the effective carrying out of a public event, whether by heckling or other forms of interruption. Well, that clearly was violated. And again, the video at ToddSterns.com, you got to watch this. Staff members should have enforced university policies, failed to do so, and instead intervened in an appropriate way that are not aligned with the university's commitment to free speech. It seems to me like a pretty sincere apology, and it's a good start. But I, I say that's not good enough, and, and we've got we've to crack down on this crap. And here's what I recommend happening, and this involves donors and alumni. First of all, they need to call and pull all of their funding, and they need to tell the university, we are pulling our funding until the following things happen. And this is, in my estimation, this is what needs to happen at Stanford University. First of all, Dean Steinbach needs to be fired. This woman has no place in higher education, doesn't belong anywhere near a classroom. Secondly, the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion needs to be disbanded and dismantled. There's no reason to have something like that on any university campus. No reason at all. And finally, I think any student who disrupted the speech should be censured, suspended, and if necessary, expelled from the Stanford University School of Law. Those people have no business earning a law degree from Stanford. And, and I think we're going to have to start doing this, folks. We're going to have to lay it out 
just as plain and as simply as we can, those who silence free speech must be dealt with swiftly and harshly. We got to do it. Got to. All right, let's uh, go to the go to the break here, folks. We're going to take your phone calls coming up, 844-747-8868. Again, that's a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starns. All right, welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Uh, so all of you uh, folks out there listening to us on WDUN in North Georgia, uh, which, by the way, happens to be on the beautiful shores of, of Lake Lanier, you guys are dealing with a, a mess of a swarm of the cancel culture mobsters. This is from the Associated Press. Federal authorities are considering a plan to rename Georgia's Lake Lanier and Buford Dam. Now, (laughs) you just can't make this stuff up. So both landmarks are apparently named for Confederate soldiers. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers issued a statement Friday announcing that they're temporarily pausing their plans for a name change because apparently a lot of UWDU enlisters are upset about this. Congressman Andrew Clyde, a Republican who represents much of northeast Georgia, um, said that he was among those who oppose the name change. He said the renamings would have attempted to rewrite history, impose massive burdens and cost on our community, and create unnecessary mass confusion. Now, to that point, literally everything has Lanier in the name up there. Lake Lanier is an enormous reservoir spanning almost 58 square miles. It was named for the poet Sidney Lanier. Lanier was a private in the Confederate Army and later wrote the Song of the Chattahoochee, a poem about the river. Buford Dam is named after the nearby town of Buford, which is named after Lieutenant Colonel Algernon Sidney Buford served in the Virginia militia during the Civil War. The Georgia town is named after Buford because he became president of a railroad that helped create the town after the war. Remember what I said many, many, many moons ago, ladies and gentlemen, that at some point they're finally going to decide that anything named after a white guy 
is going to have to be renamed. Well, this is part of this is all part of that. Hours before announcing the pause in the renaming process, the Times of Gainesville reported that the Mobile District of the Corps of Engineers sent out a news release and unveiled a website seeking input and aiming to pick new names by year's end. Ah, oh, geez, alone. They've already renamed a lot of the military bases that were named after Confederates. For, for, for example, Fort Gordon becoming Fort Eisenhower. Fort Benning is becoming Fort Moore. The Mobile District says it will continue to solicit public comment about new names for the lake and dam, but said choosing them is up to Congress. Here's my prediction. Lake Al Sharpton. You folks in Gainesville will be able to spend your summers boating around Lake Sharpton. I, I'm just telling you. Or or Farrakhan Dam. So named after Louis Farrakhan. That's how that's how this thing is going to go. I know they've put a temporary hold on it, but it's coming, folks. You better get ready. So you've <laughs> this is terrible. Clyde Morris, a board member with advocacy group's Lake Lanier Association, told the Times on Friday connections between the Confederacy, Lanier, and Buford are really too remote to justify changing the names, saying each man is better known for something other than their time in the military. Is that true? Now, I've also heard rumors that Lake Lanier, you really don't want to swim in Lake Lanier because you might not come out of the lake. But that may be just, I don't know, an old wives' tale or something. Maybe it's urban legend. But I'm curious to know, who who was offended? Who got offended because Lake Lanier was named after a private in the Confederacy? Who in their right mind was triggered by that? That's who. That's who I want to meet. As a matter of fact, if we can find out who that person is, we will bring them onto the Todd Stearns radio program. I want to be able to talk to that person eyeball to eyeball. So there you have it. And I'm curious to know, you folks in, in the Georgia area, is this, a, is this a big deal? Are people really being triggered by the, by the name Lake Lanier? Did you know that Lake Lanier was actually named after a private in the Confederacy? 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. <laughs> you know, they're trying to name rename Audubon Park here in Memphis. And it's Memphis has pretty much been culturally cleansed. We have been through this, this cleansing of names. Anything named after a white guy has been eradicated in Memphis, except for Audubon Park. And so they're, they're working hard on that. And they want to rename a major thoroughfare after Black Lives Matter. And who knows? It may, it may very well happen. It may very well happen. Did you catch the, the Oscars last night? <sighs> you see, we watch this so you don't have to. That's sort of our public service to America. Now, a couple of interesting things. Uh, Lady Gaga was there. Apparently, Lady Gaga is very upset because um, she was being interviewed, and it's not even on the red carpet. They called it the red carpet, but it was beige. And one of the uh, one of the interviewers, one of the male interviewers, um, I guess, patted her backside. But it turned out that she was wearing one of these buttless dresses. In other words, 
her butt, her buttocks, both cheeks were exposed. I I don't know if they ran out of fabric or that's the way it was supposed to look. But anyway, the, the guy grabbed her butt. She did not take that very kindly. Not at all. So anyway, as I'm not surprised by this, but but all the shows that I've never heard of any of the shows that won. Elvis got screwed. I thought they were up for eight nominations and they didn't win anything. I thought it was one of the better films. But anyway, there was this one guy, though, and the whole thing really sucked. It was just boring. I kept nodding off. But there was one speech that was worth it. And the guy delivering the speech uh, won the Oscar. His name is Ki Wei Kwan and was in uh, Indiana Jones and also in The Goonies. I didn't realize this guy's been around for a long time now. And he won this award. And I, I got to tell you, this was probably one of the best speeches I've heard delivered at the Oscars in decades. Cut number three. My mom is 84 years old. And she's at home watching. Mom, I just want an Oscar. (laughs) My journey started on a boat. I spent a year in a refugee camp. And somehow, I ended up here on Hollywood's biggest stage. They say stories like this only happen in the movies. I cannot believe it's happening to me. This, this is the American dream. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to the Academy for this honor of a lifetime. Uh, Thank you to my mom for the sacrifices she made to get me here. To my little brother, David who calls me every day just to remind me to take good care of myself. I love you, brother. Uh, Thank you to Kendall for all your support and everything you've done. Uh, Thank you to A24, uh, to Daniels, Jonathan, Jamie, Michelle, and my Goonies brother for life, Jeff Cohen. I owe everything to the love of my life. My wife, Echo, who... who month after month, year after year for 20 years, told me that one day, one day, my time will come. Dreams are something you have to believe in. I almost gave up on mine. To all of you out there, please keep your dreams alive. Thank you, thank you so much for welcoming me back. I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, there you go. That was that was inspirational, right? I mean, the kid, well, he's not a kid. By the way, 51 years old. He didn't look 51. Uh, But 
the message there. And if we had a few more speeches like this, I think the the Oscars would be somewhat tolerable. But what a great story. This guy, living the American dream, came here to this country, learned the language, uh, was in Goonies. Was it Encino Man? Was he in? I think he was an Encino Man, too, uh, because uh, they had uh, a couple of other stars of Encino Man that were um, that were up for nominations. But this young man, he thanked his mom, thanked his wife, and then he turns around and he says, this is America. And it was nice to see somebody in Hollywood actually acknowledging that America is a great place, a land where your dreams can come true. And, and it was very interesting and ironic that the person who delivered that message came to this country legally as an immigrant. How about that, America? All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Again, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, the e-commerce site Etsy is warning sellers to expect some delays on payments because of Silicon Valley Bank. Just want to pass along that information to you. Uh, Let's go to the phones, 844-747-8868. Susan in Georgia, listening to us on WDUN, wants to weigh in on that name change. What you got, Susan? Hi, Todd. Love your show. Um, I listen all the time. Never call in, but I couldn't help myself today. Listen, Thank you. My my husband grew up um, on Lake Lanier, learned how to fish, learned how to swim, all that. Um, we live in Cleveland, Georgia now, but I would love to know who was going to be so relieved if they changed the name. Uh, I just think it's ridiculous. Um, not to mention what it's going to do to all the businesses who have the name Lanier in their business name because their businesses are in and around the area. Um, I just think it's crazy. And like I said, I, there must be people that have nothing else to do but sit there and decide, well, what are we going to change today? Um, it's, they you, need to leave Lake Lanier alone. Susan, you know what's happening. These, these, these woke activists are literally, every time there's a name, they're Googling it to see if there's any connection to the Confederacy. So they can be triggered. Yep. That's what it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> They're trigger happy. I love it. Yes, they are, Susan. Hey, appreciate the call, Susan. Great. Give us a call back one of these days. Uh, Let's go to Donovan in Georgia, uh, also listening to us on WDUN. All right, Donovan, what's your take on this? Hey, buddy, I just thought, you know, sometimes, you know, you seem to have the greatest (laughs) things going on all the time. And I just had to call up about Lake Lanier. Uh, I've lived around Lake Lanier for years. Basically, Lanier is a great place to live. People who do not live around Lake Lanier should not even think about changing the name. If they live around here, maybe we should go and do the uh, counselor and find out if on a boat if we want to change the name. Um, you're right about swimming. Sometimes there have been alligators in, in, in there. Wait, but, what? Uh, wait, wait, wait. I didn't know about the alligators. What? Yeah, there's, there's been a few found. Uh, there's also a tradition about uh, we still have Lanier racetrack underneath the underneath the big bridge where uh, they never they left it there. Basically, uh, the whole setup, just like you know, um, uh, a major boat or something that's been sunk, uh, they just left it there as a tradition. So you got the whole track down there in the Lanier. 
Lanier's got a lot of history. So this is like, and it's a, it's a man-made lake, right? I think right after World War II. Is that right, Donovan, right yeah, around yes, that sir. time? Yes, yes sir. And, and also, you know, uh, Lake Harwell's fantastic as well. It's also man-made. Uh, I also want to make a comment, if I could, about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard. Yes, MLK uh, Boulevard. Yeah. yeah, now, if we think back... Every time a child looks up and says, Mommy, who's that? Who is Dr. Martin Luther King? I mean, he was a great man. He did a lot of great things for this country. But if we want to keep talking about the Civil War and all that, it's going to bring up a lot of problems. And perhaps we should move, remove all of his uh, signs or anybody else that could cause problems. Just don't start on the South and all, all, everything that they have done. Those people died for this country. And, uh, you know, people live from history. And if we give if we give up history, you know, we're just giving up our life, basically. Todd, what I mean, you what you do, Donovan, when you re, when you whitewash history like that, you're going to yes, repeat sir. the sins of the past. And, and that is a grave concern. And I think it does a disservice to the memory of MLK, because what they're really saying is MLK really meant nothing because this country is worse off. They believe this country is worse off now than it was during the Civil War time. That's what they want you to believe. And that's crazy. That really yeah, is. Sir. It is. I don't want to take all your time up. I want to point those things out. I want your comments on it. I want you to do some research on Lanier because we don't need to change it. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's great, large. You've seen it, obviously, because you've been down here. It's a beautiful you know? lake, uh, but with alligators, there's no way I'm getting in that lake. But I'll, I'll get on a <laughs> well, boat. Well, <laughs> some other guys might uh, also have comments on that right, as well. Because they have been found there. It's, a, it's so large, though, you know. It, it, it's a beautiful lake. That's about all I want to say. All right, Donovan. Appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. Wow. Oh, by the way, Lake Hartwell, just, just so nobody gets triggered, named after Nancy Hart. She was a, a revolutionary war figure. So I'm sure someone will, will end up filing a complaint about that one. But, yeah, I, again, folks, it's this is a head-scratcher. Uh, Lake Lanier uh, coming under attack from the from the cancel culture mob, and they're literally going around city to city, town to town, and they're trying to figure out: okay, was this was this street named after somebody? Is there is there a revolution? Is there a, a civil war connection? And it could be: is there a revolutionary war connection? Because they're canceling Thomas Jefferson and and George Washington. But back to this Lake Lanier thing. So the rumor is, I don't. Somebody will be able to help us figure this out. But I don't know if this is urban legend or what. But when they when they flooded the land, there were a lot of burial grounds that got flooded too. So some people think the lake may be haunted. And this is fascinating. Between 1999 and 2018, 145 people have drowned in that in that lake that's all and people are saying it could be you know there could be it could be haunted i don't know from 2015 until 2018 lake lanier saw 43 lake related deaths and by the way that's not including the boat accidents like 128 boat accidents so there's a lot of freaky stuff going otherwise a beautiful lake though uh, very beautiful homes and everything front waterfront property it if you haven't been to lake lanier you, you ought to go and check it out 
beautiful, beautiful place. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. And we will fight alongside you folks in Georgia. We're not going to let them change the name of your lake or your dam for that matter. All right, stick around, folks. Hour two coming up. Chris Ruddy, Ben Klein, Carol Roth, your calls. It's going to be a great day. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of The Big Show. Very honored to have you with us today. Wow, a lot going on. And uh, folks, all I can tell you when it comes to the banks... I don't believe we ought to be bailing these people out. If they're stupid enough to almost 90%, by the way, almost 90% of Silicon Valley's uh, accounts were not insured through the FDIC. So in my estimation, they get what they asked for. You may disagree with that, and I would certainly like to hear from you one way or the other. Do you think that we ought to be bailing out these banks? 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I want to go to Maine. Webb is listening to us on WLOB. Webb, what do you think we ought to be doing here? Well, hi, Todd. Um, I think this is the beginning of a real problem. Uh, And I think that what we're dealing with, the banks, there's something I wanted to ask you is that uh, there used to be a policy. There was a collapse in California of a bank, and they took uh, the people who put money in, they took their money to support the bank. And there's a lot of banks that have that hidden in their policies. I'm wondering if that was canceled or it's still there. Then the other idea that I wanted to ask you was that the federal insurance, this government's broke. How are they going to pay people back their money? Well, they're not going to call it a bailout, Web, but that's exactly what it is, and they're going to be using our money to do it. Yeah, but what about the the people who who have bank accounts and could have their money just taken by the bank? It's it's yeah, not web. It is yeah. It's not right, and and they cannot do that. But I'm telling you right now, at every at every Silicon Valley bank branch, and there there are photos starting to pop up now, videos starting to pop up. There are long lines of people waiting to get their money. I don't know if they're going to be able to get that money, even if they even if they're under the the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar mark. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get their money back today. Biden says they're going to, but I'm not too sure about that. I'm not. I'm not too sure about it. We appreciate. Yeah, go ahead. The particular. It depends on the particular bank's policy. You've got to read into their policies because I know it was there was a scandal back then when that bank went down that people didn't know that that was written into their their bank policy that they could take uh, customer money if if the bank needed it. 
Webb, we'll look into it. I, I don't know the finer. I, I, again, I don't have their, their their in-depth policies in front of me, so I can't answer that question. Uh, I wish I could, but I appreciate the call. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. By the way, it turns out two of the executives here at Silicon Bank were, were a part of Lehman Brothers when they went down, and then Deutsche Bank. So I'm telling you, folks, you're getting what you ask for with these people. That's all there is to it. All right, we have got a, a lot a lot going on um, in the culture war across America. Uh, a couple of stories to share with you. Uh, one of them involves a, a school director in Staten Island, New York. Now, Staten Island, New York is a relatively conservative part of New York City. A lot of police, a lot of fire department folks, they all live in that area. So the superintendent in um, in Staten Island uh, is uh, is under fire. She is black. Her name is Marion Wilson. This is from the Daily Mail. She has been accused of sending anti-white text messages to staff members, vowing to give white principals the heave-ho as she pushes for a more diverse staff in the district. Now, I just want to say at the at the outset here, I appreciate Dr. Wilson being very forthright about this because I think we've suspected this kind of stuff has been going on, but nobody really wants to go on the record. So I appreciate the fact that she is owning owning this truth that as the person in charge, she is going to discriminate against white people. I appreciate her acknowledging that. Screenshots of the text show Mrs. Wilson promising to, quote, clean up this island, quote, no more white principles on my watch. Copies of the messages were sent in emails to Chancellor David Banks and the Department of Education as well as city officials from the encrypted email. I'm not going to read the email address. But man, is she in hot water. Multiple investigations involving the salacious text exchange have been launched, but the Department of Education calls them unsubstantiated. Others are saying they're fake. One of the texts that was sent under Wilson's name and obtained by the outlet said, again, no more white principles on my watch. Quote, white folks need to recognize this is not the boys' club anymore. A strong black woman runs this B-word now, and that I can either get on board or get out. If they don't get out, I'm going to take them out one by one. They're not going to know what hit them. going to be fun. A third text said, Chris's white ass is G-O-N-E. It's happening. That text was referencing Christopher Enzaloni. Jeez, oh, hello. It's it's a rough day for white folks there in Staten Island. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the school district is in an uproar, a tizzy, if you will, over these <laughs> these text messages. But again, you got to appreciate the lady. I mean, at least she she came in there, and maybe she's maybe she has an agenda. Maybe she has a clear mandate to get whitey i don't know it's it's insane what (laughs) oh my goodness now this is another culture issue and i don't know i know this may not 
I know we're on the verge of, of a bank collapse and economic calamity, but this really bothered me. So Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, which happen to be my favorite snack of all time. I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Reese's has just announced they're going vegan. They're going to be offering a plant-based version of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Now, I personally believe this is a heresy, and it is of the devil. I can't point to a specific Bible verse, but I believe we are dealing with Satan here. So, as bad as that story is, this one is even worse from the pages of USA Today. It turns out that Hidden Valley Ranch, the salad dressing people, are about to launch a new brand of ice cream, Hidden Valley Ranch-flavored ice cream. The product is going to be sold at select Walmart stores nationwide, limited edition pints that promise to deliver the savory flavors of ranch, including buttermilk, flavorful herbs, and a touch of sweetness. Ben Van Leeuwen, who is the co-founder of an ice cream company in Brooklyn, New York, is responsible for creating this new brand. He says, quote, we're so excited to debut this new series of flavors and unveil what is possibly our most surprising ice cream yet. Again, they're going to be they're going to be selling it at Walmart. Quote, we know that Hidden Valley Ranch goes with just about everything, pizza, carrots, french fries. I like it on the nuggets, by the way. But ice cream is a first for us. They're also inviting people to top their scoops of Hidden Valley Ranch-flavored ice cream with crushed pretzels or potato chips for a perfect salty crunch. And by the way, the ice cream goes on sale from March 20th to March to May 28th. Who in their right mind is going to eat this stuff? You know, years ago when I was at Fox News, we actually had an intern, and we sent the intern out. Where was he from? Pitt, um, Penn State. And we actually sent him out on the streets of New York. French's, the um, mustard people, were actually giving out free mustard ice cream. And so we made him eat that ice cream on the air. It was horribly disgusting. Good intern, though. So anyway, I, I just can't imagine Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream going over very well. But who knows? I don't know. Maybe you could dip your plant-based recess peanut butter cup into the Hidden Valley Ranch. It would kind of be like, you know, I don't know, carrots into the into the dip. Would you really eat something like this, America? At a Walmart? 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. Got a question for you. At what age are you going to retire? Have you already plotted this out? Have you decided, all right, I'm going to retire at this specific age? Now, the average age, so if you're going to get Social Security benefits, you're eligible for full benefits, uh, what, at 62. You can delay, you can delay that, as you can up to what age 70 i think and of course your benefit amount will increase but a lot of people are are debating whether or not they're actually going to retire at the age of 62 
Now, keep in mind that back when that age was set, most people were not what the life expectancy was not that far past the age of 62 for most folks. So anyway, Senator John Kennedy, the Republican from Louisiana, was asked about this. Cut number seven. I mean, the the um, the, the, uh, the the life expectancy of the average American right now is about 77 years old. For people who are in their 20s, um, their life expectancy will probably be 85 to 90. Does it really make sense to allow someone who's in their 20s today to retire at, uh, at, at 62? Those are the kind of things that we should talk about. It's a fair question because Social Security was not created for the average person to live until their 80s or their 90s. So my question is, do you have an issue with raising the age, the retirement age, to say 65 or 70? 844-747-8868. They're debating this issue on Capitol Hill. Again, that number is 844-747-8868. I'm curious here. I, I'm just, I'm not one of these people that is actually going to retire. I think I'm just going to work till I can't work anymore. I, I, that's just the way I'm built. And I know a lot of guys that actually are sort of in the same boat. You know, they enjoy working and they really don't see the need to retire. Nobody wants to sit at home and watch TV all day or you can only play golf so much, I suppose, right? So as long as you're able to be a productive member of society, why not do that? Why not get out there and and um, and work until you can no longer work? So I'm curious to hear from you. Are you okay with keeping the minimum age for Social Security at 62, or do we need to raise it? Because there's no way you are earning enough money over your life. There's no way you're putting enough enough money into your Social Security account that's going to last you that long at all i i know this i know the liberals are going bonkers over this and they're enraged over this but the reality is most of us most of us are going to keep working most of us are not ready for social security at the age of 62 and that brings me to what's happening over in arkansas where uh sarah huckabee sanders is under fire because she signed a law that would make it easier for kids to get a job now the left is saying oh this is this is offensive you're this is all about making 12 year olds go work at the sweatshop no this is not the new law signed by sarah sanders applies to those who are 14 15 years old and in most arkansas businesses you cannot work if you are under the age of 14. So why not Why not allow kids to get out there? If they want a job, they can go out there and get a job. Between you and me, when I was 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, I was either mowing grass or doing something. I was doing something to understand the value of a dollar, to understand, hey, you know, this is money that you have. You, start, you get a savings account. And your parents start teaching you how to manage your money. 
But unfortunately, a lot of kids are going all the way through college before they even get a job nowadays. It's unbelievable. The governor's office says that the that protecting kids is important, but the permit was an arbitrary burden on parents to get permission from the government for their child to get a job. So I say good for you, Governor Sanders. Ladies and gentlemen, I am one of those people that believes a part-time job as a child is an important thing, and kids need to start learning responsibility at a, at a young age. 844-747-8868. Let's go to the phones. OG in North Carolina. OG, what's on your mind? Well, you're exactly right. The earlier you start working, the more you enjoy. And uh, the old story, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, you never work a day in your life. Um, at seven years old, I started working on charter fishing boats uh, offshore in New Jersey and um, wound up with a 10-year stint in New York City and then went wound up uh, working as a postmaster, and then um, next month I am going to be 20 years as a volunteer with the Coast Guard Auxiliary as a coxswain and division commander. Is that um, right? And, and and how old are you, OG? I'm 84 now, going to be 85 June 29th. See, look at there. And uh, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a ball. I'm just having such a good time with it. Um, I never wanted to be bored, so you know what? Hey, I got my wish. You see, I love this story, and and I I suspect I'm going to be the same way with the radio station. You know, I love radio. I and I suspect even if I'm not doing the show when I'm 80 or 85 years old, I'm still going to wander into the office and uh, and you know do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that because this is what I love to do. And and OG, I think there's a lot of truth in what you said that if you're doing what you love, it's really not a job. One other thing: Are you training and mentoring replacements? Well, yeah, absolutely. That's what that's what doesn't happen all too often in this world. It's true. It's, it's it, always about me. It's always mm-hmm. about me and I and the Benjamins and the Bucks and you know and you don't stop and think about you know what kind of you know what what's going to be your legacy. It's Who's true. Who's going to stand in front of, of of a casket or cremains and say, "Well, you know what? He was a pain in the neck, but you know what? He did some pretty good stuff." Um, you know, it, it's, it's been an adventure and I would not change him. Well, yes, I would change a minute or two. <laughs> oh, oh, gee, good for you. Yeah. We're, we, we do a training session. I try to teach the staff repeat after me. Geez, aloo, geez, aloo. So again, try to get the phrases in the, uh, in the vernacular. Oh, gee, God bless you, sir. Thank you. Great American Patriot right there. 84 years old, volunteering for the Coast Guard. That's what it's all about. strong work ethic. That's what makes America the most exceptional nation on the planet. Write it down. All right, we'll be right back, America. Folks, welcome back to the Todd Starts Radio Program, broadcasting border to border, coast to coast, across the fruited plain. Want to go to our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line? Good to have with us Congressman Ben Klein from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Con- Congressman, hope you're doing well today. 
Uh, Todd, I'm doing well anytime I'm out of the swamp and back home in the beautiful 6th District of Virginia. Oh, it's a beautiful area. Uh, Congressman, real quick before we uh, – so many things we want to touch on with you, but, of course, uh, this crazy story involving the banks, uh, President Biden coming out, did he did he reassure the nation in your estimation? No, Biden definitely does not reassure the nation uh, every day. I think the nation grows more concerned about the capabilities of, of Joe Biden. But uh, what we do know is that the laws that are in place uh, are enough to secure our institutions and make sure that uh, that people's deposits will be protected. Now, do we have to change the system or uh, get government more involved bailing out uh, bad decisions? No, we don't. And we shouldn't be pushing bailouts. Um, And those who made the bad decisions in California with the Silicon Valley Bank or in New York uh, with the bank that that just failed, they both uh, have bad decisions on their uh, director's heads and, and those people need to be held accountable. Congressman Thomas Massey tweeted out a little while ago that there was some sort of a Zoom call or something and uh, with uh, with lawmakers, the FDIC, and a Democrat senator actually asked whether or not there was some way to censor uh, news and information on Twitter because there were fears that Twitter might spark some sort of a, a run on the banks. Were you a part of those conversations? Did you hear anything like that? I did. I heard those comments made, and uh, immediately the, they got pushback from Republican House members who were outraged uh, by even the suggestion that we somehow censor online comments. It's ridiculous, and uh, we will continue to push against the censorship of the right as they have been trying to do on the left for so long. Is there reason for people to be concerned? Because there are a lot of nervous folks out there, and they just kind of want to know, what what do they do? Uh, You know what? The institutions that we have uh, are strong. The banking institutions that we have are strong. Mainstream banks, your local banks, those are are good institutions with uh, good uh, controls in place to make sure that they uh, are properly invested. What you had in these other two banks were uh, banks that were too invested, uh, whether they were invested in federal bonds and uh, when you had this aggressive spending by the Biden administration, not to get political, but it was this excessive spending on the part of the Biden administration that drove inflation so uh, to these record levels that pretty much crashed the bond markets and have the rates go down so low that the returns were poor. And so when all of us and you had banks that were hiding those returns. So once it came to light that these banks were so heavily invested in bonds and so uh, in, in hiding such losses that there was a run and and, and uh, on just those banks. But you don't have that scenario across the board, across this country, through most community banks. And people can rest assured that uh, the banking laws that are in place are strong enough to protect them and their and their deposits. Um, and, and so moving forward, hopefully we will see, in absence of this government intervention, uh, calm restored uh, and, and the markets uh, recover. Now, Congressman, while there was a run on a good many banks over the weekend, there was also a run on the border. And we've got this 
unbelievable video at toddsterns.com and it showed uh, the reporting was about a, a thousand possibly more uh, migrants trying to storm the border I uh, I know that you've been weighing in on this uh, sharing that video on Twitter. I mean this is really stunning what's going on down there. It is. It just shows you that the cartels are are uh trying some new tactics. You know, when we were down there, I was down there for my third trip uh just uh last couple of weeks and with Jim Jordan and the Judiciary Committee, we went to the border. We saw the cartels with uh buses of migrants waiting on the other side of the river, but they weren't crossing because we were there. Border Patrol was there. They were waiting on us. As soon as we left, then they started crossing again. So now they're trying to, to push thousands at once at Border Patrol to try and overwhelm them. Well, they're already overwhelmed. So you have Border Patrol underfunded, undermanned, under-resourced, essentially babysitting when these migrants are coming across in waves. And uh, the the uh, cartels have been sending them across in one section of the border so that they border patrol leaves unattended another section and then they run drugs and then they run sex trafficking across the unmanned sections of the border so what you have here are, are cartels in control uh by an administration not in control and uh, just because we were able to push back on this surge uh, doesn't mean that uh, the Biden administration has lost control of the border, and we really need to uh, get a wake-up call delivered to Joe Biden that our border is unsecure, not secure, and needs securing first thing. I just think I don't think he cares. I, I I don't think Mayorkas cares. This is all part of their strategy. They want those people coming across the border. And what concerns me is, I mean, you this could have been a war zone down there this weekend with that many people trying to to rush the gates. Well, and you have folks on my side of the aisle. I'm I'm one of them supporting the use of our military to uh, engage and actually uh, push back because we need to coordinate with the Mexican government, obviously. But the Mexican government has all but given up control to the cartels at the border. And it's getting to the point where you have Americans in danger, Americans losing their lives, who go into Mexico and, and uh, are getting killed by cartels. And it's, it's got to stop. And so we need to use the resources that we have to make sure we keep Americans safe. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line from Virginia's 6th Congressional District, our good friend Congressman Ben Klein uh, Congressman, of course, they've got the, the Biden budget to deal with, and I know a lot of you uh, folks are wanting to force a vote uh, to put every Democrat on the record when it comes to this. What say you? Sure. You know, the, we've been playing uh, in, in Nancy Pelosi's house for the past four years, and she hasn't hesitated to put us on the board on any and everything uh, that are just political votes left and right. This is not a political vote. This is a real budget that the president has put forward. It doesn't balance ever. It just keeps continuing this uh, deficit spending, growing the debt by an additional um, $7 trillion over the next decade. And it's it's uh, increasing taxes on uh, businesses, on energy companies, going to raise the cost of energy for Americans, and, and just small businesses that are going to pass through their uh, tax increases to the American people. So it's fueling inflation and uh, just uh, continuing the, the bad economic uh, 
policies that this administration has had for so long. So we're going to have hearings in the Budget Committee, and um, I know my colleagues are salivating to uh, chomp into this budget and find out just how bad it really is going to affect Americans. And then we're going to put out our own budget in the Republican Study Committee. We're working to put out a balanced budget. It's going to balance in 10 years. Not going to touch Social Security or Medicare for benefits for current recipients. It's going to make sure we reform the system so that uh, um, we help American taxpayers and uh, make sure that we don't spend any more of their hard-earned tax dollars on woke and wasteful government. All right. Well, Congressman, I appreciate your time this afternoon, and thanks for the update on the the banking situation. A lot of people just nervous, really concerned. But again, we've been telling them that, you know, and again, most of us do not have a quarter million dollars in the bank, so uh, we should be good, and those um, those savings should be protected. Uh, God forbid something bad happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll just uh, keep praying that cooler heads prevail and that we don't allow these uh, the, the the Biden administration to continue to push these government bailouts of bad decisions because bad decisions forgiven just encourage more bad decisions. That's it. That's it. All right, Congressman, thank you. Thanks, Todd. Congressman Ben Klein, everybody. All right, we got to take a quick break. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. Folks, everybody's talking about one place for news these days, it's Newsmax. I love it. Watch it all the time. You can see me on Newsmax every Thursday, by the way. You need to watch Newsmax. The liberals, they hate Newsmax, and for good reason. It's becoming one of the most popular channels in America. Every night, you can watch Greta, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greg Kelly. No surprise, Newsmax is already the fourth highest-rated cable news channel and growing fast. You can get Newsmax on most cable systems. All you need to do is check your channel guide, and at they don't carry Newsmax, switch to one that does. Remember, Newsmax is also free on streaming. You can go to Samsung Plus, Roku, Zumo, Pluto, so many others, Apple TV. You can even download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone and start watching now. Millions are making the switch to Newsmax. I made the switch and you can too, because Newsmax is real news for real people. Mark Levin coming after all you folks that are taking issue with Fox News and the fact that they've been all over the place. It's, I don't know who to believe or what to believe anymore. And I don't know if if Tucker and all those folks actually believe what they tell you every night. Clearly, a lot of the emails that have been coming out lately seem to suggest they do not. Tucker's uh, former, one of Tucker's former producers calls all you people dumb, you people that watch Fox News. And now this item uh, from Mediaite, where Tucker Carlson uh, was doing a podcast. So it's called the Full Send Podcast. You can listen to it for yourself. Uh, Tucker is calling former President Trump a little bit autistic. (laughs) Wow. Again, I just don't know what to believe with these folks anymore. I really don't. Uh, and Tucker was using the term uh, in, an, in, de- in defense of the president. He says, I will say in Trump's defense, and maybe because he's a little bit autistic, that he saw the stakes of this, talking about the war in Ukraine and uh, China and Russia getting together. So I, I, I just don't know. I, I, I just don't know what to tell you. It's, it's all terribly disconcerting and very frustrating.
But there you go. I mean, call, really calling President Trump autistic? I don't Bad form, my friend. Bad form. All right, let's go to the phones here. Jan in Georgia, WDUN, wants to talk about work ethic. Hi, Jan. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to say that um, I was raised by parents that uh, taught me a good work ethic. My father owned several restaurants in Alabama, and my two brothers and I started working uh, behind the scenes probably you might call it child labor, but we were learning to cook and clean and things like that. And he worked us harder than his own um, other employees because he didn't want us to have a free ride. And because of that, all three of us have, you know, law-abiding citizens. We have good jobs. And I retired from teaching, um, and I couldn't sit at home. I just, I'm 66, and I'm drawing Social Security, and I said, I still need to work. So I took a job at a university here in town and worked, and I'm still working. And I think that it all begins at a young age where children see their parents working for what they have, not overspending, uh, living within their means, and then going out and getting a job. And I don't see that now with these millennials. They seem to be a little... Uh, privileged, I guess, is what I should say. I would say a lot privileged, uh, Jan. A lot privileged. You know, when we um, we lived in a in a small community uh, when we moved from from Memphis, and it was a farming community. And you want to talk about hard workers? Those boys and girls, classmates who lived out on the farm and had to get up before the crack of dawn to you know get the eggs and feed the chickens and do all that kind of stuff. That's hard work. Oh, yes, it is, and I think it. Um, you, everybody has to pitch in on a farm. And like my dad's restaurant, like I said, he, he owned it, and if he didn't go into work you know, every day, then it would fall apart. And he taught us that to be accountable and to be on time and to um, serve the public, and it just it did us all well. And I don't see that happening now with some of this generation. Jan, what kind of food did you guys serve up? We were like a Denny's. Um, it was an all-night restaurant. It was called Pit Grill. I don't know if it's still in, in business, but he had several in Tennessee and Alabama, and he had to travel quite a bit with those. But it was 24 hours, and I worked the 6 to 2 shift. And even if I had stayed out all night, uh, of course, I was in college, too, um, I had to get up and get into work at 6 o'clock and wow. pull my shift. <laughs> so That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm really thankful to them and for what they taught us. And I taught it to my children, and I do hope they're teaching it to my grandchildren. Well said. Well, Jan, appreciate you calling in, and thank you for listening, and in, enjoy that office work right now. Oh, I love it. It's, it's a sitting down job instead of chasing kindergartners, so well, I enjoy it. <laughs> I bet you do. All right. Thanks a lot, Jan. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye now. Uh, let's go to JC. A lot of Georgia callers today. Hey, JC, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to call in about the uh, work, and something was said there about extending the work age for retirement. And I, I worked till I was 60. I was able to to get out what we say early before I started drawing Social Security and things. But in order to extend that work age, you have to consider the type of work that people do. There's a big difference in someone that goes in and sits behind a desk all day long for 40 years versus someone who is doing hard physical work for 40 years. And you can't say what's good for one is good for the other. 
in in my profession, I retired as an electrician meter man. I worked at the local pup mill here, and it was nothing to climb 200, 300 steps a day where I worked. That was every day, toting a 25-pound bag, tool bag with me. And I worked in temperatures where it was 110 degrees with 100% humidity, and I've worked where it was 32 degrees with a 25-mile-hour wind blowing. Woo. And and it's it's tough. Uh, you know, we're not sitting in an office where it's controlled with a thermostat, and you, you can't compare the two. So you can't say that everybody needs to work to age 70. You, you, can't, you can't do that. It, it, it's physically trying on you. Uh, there's some people that's in good shape. I'm in good shape. I've, I've retired, and I stay just as busy as I did when I worked. I have things around here. We got a pecan orchard. I got about nine acres to take care of. I preach at a little church, so I'm busy. So I'm, I just traded one job for another. But for for most of the people that's that's doing this hard physical work, you can't expect them to maintain that same level at age seventy as they were doing when they were thirty and forty years old. Well, that's a good argument, JC, and and I understand I understand what you're talking about, and I'm glad that uh, you found you found. Uh, the uh, you found work doing the pecans and you, nine acres. That's a lot of pecans. Oh, we just just part of it. Just only about two acres. It's uh, actually pecan trees. Okay, so we gotcha. Have, we have other. I got a little garden spot over here. That I just planted my garden, and the rest of it is yard. We keep up with and just various different things. Well, there you go, JC. I hate to do this, but they're they're going to make me uh, take a break here. Don't want to, but we got to. But God bless you, JC, and you be safe out there. And sounds like you're doing pretty good for yourself. Folks, we do have to take a break. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Wow. Uh, folks, we're very excited. We're going to be adding a couple of new affiliates in the coming days, and uh, we're Basically, Tennessee will become our second state where we have border-to-border coverage, uh, adding a couple of stations in the Jackson, Tennessee area. Uh, Nevada, I think we, you guys are number one. We've got a lot of stations, a lot of affiliates in Nevada. So we'll be telling you more about that uh, in the coming days. Uh, but we just love all of our great listeners. We're a grassroots effort here, and uh, we certainly appreciate you calling and reaching out to radio stations. Of course, Grace Baker heading up our great affiliate team uh, here at the program. Go ahead and write down our telephone number. You're going to need this if you want to call in today, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747. 8868. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. It's a great honor to welcome the Chief Executive Officer of Newsmax, Chris Ruddy. Chris, hope you're doing good today. 
Um, great, Todd. Always great to be on you. Now now that I know your show is the blowtorch across America, I'll be on more often. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you will have an open invitation, Chris. Open invitation. Well, you have been an amazing phenomenon in talk radio and online, and uh, we really appreciate you being out there. After Rush Limbaugh, there's not a lot out there, so you have been, uh, uh, and your audience really should know, they appreciate what they've got in Todd Starnes. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and, and we had a lot of fun hanging out with your team at uh, at CPAC, and it was exciting to see, and it must be exciting for you just to see the the massive growth and the fans coming over and meeting uh, Newsmax uh, host and on-air talent. Uh, it was really something to watch at CPAC. We had a huge, phenomenal turnout at CPAC. You know, Fox did not show up at CPAC this year. I don't know why. I think everybody knows you used to be at Fox. The Fox News is changing, and it's not what it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And I think Newsmax is rising because of it. A lot of people are tuning in. Uh, they're checking us out on their local cable system. We're on most major cable systems right now. We're on all the streaming platforms like Samsung and Roku and Zumo and Pluto and all of those. So people are tuning in they're voting with their channel guides and um we're getting we're now the fourth highest rated cable news channel in the united states uh, we've had eight million people download the newsmax app on their iphone or android it just takes a couple of minutes and seconds actually and it's free uh, and they can watch us anywhere in the world so it's an amazing growth that we've had and i think it's just people are tired of both the old media and they like something different than fox news no, I think you're right. And and again, the excellence of it all, and uh, that is just, it's so well done. The graphics packages, you know, the imaging, and it all adds up to a really fun on-air experience. And I think people really connect with that. And of course, the website is the go-to place. I know when we're doing show prep, you know, it, it used to be Fox, but now you guys are really taking charge and, and ownership of even the digital space now. Well, we are we are Newsmax.com. You know, we were originally one of the leading top sites since the 90s. Um, I think we were the first to actually talk and, and suggest the idea that Donald Trump should run for president back in the day before we had a TV channel. Uh, Newsmax magazine, um, which, by the way, is is, um, is incredible publications monthly, and it has people like Bill O'Reilly and Ben Stein and Dr. Lore and many others. Um, and it comes, we have a new book out called Final Battle. The last, uh, the next election may be the last by David Horowitz. And if people want to get the book free with Newsmax magazine, um, they can call 800 Newsmax, 800 Newsmax, and they'll love the magazine if they can't get it online or on cable. So we, we're actually reading, reaching people on television, on digital, and in print. So my my uncle, who was a diehard day one Newsmax subscriber uh, years ago, said, "You know how? Okay, I see you on Fox all the time. How come you're not on Newsmax?" And I'm like, "Uncle Cherry, I can't. I'm I work for Fox. So now he's very happy that uh, I'm on with Salcedo every Thursday. So he must be the best uncle any God ever created, uh, Todd, because he, uh, he likes Newsmax and he realizes he has good taste in news." Exactly. And look, I think millions of Americans now, we, we according to Nielsen, we're reaching, uh, with our OTT stream, we're reaching about 40 million Americans fairly regularly. That's a huge number. And, um, you know, we, we did that in a very short time. And it's not because Chris Ruddy is any genius or 
um, some of our hosts, it's because the public wants something different. They're tired of the mainstream news. And we have great hosts. We have Greta Van Susteren at 6 o'clock Eastern. I'm leading the, the nightly news coverage. We have Rob Schmidt, who's a fantastic young guy who's really telling it like it is. Uh, he's from Indiana. Um, then we have uh, Eric Bowling. You remember him from the Fox News days. We have Greg Kelly. Uh, Jen, Jen Pellegrino used to be at the Trump White House as a reporter. We have a really good team of people. And I think when people tune in, they really like Newsmax, and um, we're keeping people. And 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 in spite of, I mean, you've got this incredible growth, and then along comes DirecTV, AT&T, deplatforming you guys. Uh, first of all, it's got to feel great to see so many people rising up across the nation, big names defending you guys and, and calling out uh, DirecTV and AT&T. But at the end, the end of the day, we've got we've to stop this censorship. We've got to get Newsmax back on their platform. Well, we, do, we don't have any news to report yet, but they have said publicly they want to bring Newsmax back on. We think we're close to getting back on. Um, they've expressed a real interest in having us, so... It's thanks to people like you and millions of Americans that let their voice be heard if that happens. But we're going to keep you up to date in the coming days and weeks on that. Uh, we just went off at the very end of January, so it's not that unusual to go off. But we, we you know, made our voice be known in a very big way, and we're hoping that we're back on soon. You know, we, we talk about the censorship. Uh, just had Congressman Ben Klein on from Virginia in, in the last hour. And uh, he was telling us they had the big a big Zoom meeting between the FDIC, Treasury Sec- Secretary, and, or Treasury Department, and uh, lots of members of Congress. And in that conversation, a Democrat senator actually asked if there were if there were ways to censor the news and information coming out on social media to to stop a, a run on the banks. I mean, the idea that you have elected leaders up on Capitol Hill that are advocating for censorship, Chris. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've had this thing that's going on. There's this group called GDI that was, and they find out it's leftist that backs it. And then there's another group here in the U.S. called NewsGuard. Now, they claim they're looking for misinformation, but we look it up. The head of the founder of NewsGuard, Stephen Brill, is a longtime Democratic donor. He backed Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Chuck Schumer. Uh, hates Donald Trump has said made very critical comments. So he's not a he's not really a journalist, and yet he's masquerading as the media monitoring organization. And they're actually using this to close down many conservative channels from and news uh, news uh, websites from getting uh, advertising fees and and revenues. And it's it's basically a cl- clever way at censorship. It's by demonetizing, blocking revenue. And the left has been doing this pretty consistently and strongly. Newsmax is fighting back on, on this front in the cable arena as well. So it's, it's a multi-front attack that's been going on. And we're, we're out to uh, continue to strongly, uh, to strongly counter it. Yeah, we got hit by the the NewsGuard folks, you know, our little our little shop and uh it it really hurt. And 
we we fought back and uh it, it's just really kind of it's sad that you have to exert that much time and effort into a group that clearly has an agenda and now the reporting is they received some sort of a pentagon grant uh, kind of shocking the pentagon would be behind any organization that was trying to shut down or stifle uh free speech and freedom of the press in this country but that's that's sort of where we are and thank god there are organizations like newsmax that are out there at the forefront of the fight well, we are going to continue this fight, and um, you know the the election season's coming up right now, and I think there's a clear effort to get Trump. You know, they they're still they just this man is maybe the most persecuted president in the history of the United States. I don't think anyone has seen the legal, political, economic, and vicious uh, attacks on him. And there's efforts in right now in New York State to have him indicted. Um, and I'm not sure they're going to go. It's a political kangaroo court. Obviously, a Manhattan jury is not going to be very sympathetic to Donald Trump. Um, but, you know, there's clearly an effort to go after him. And um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the public gets both sides of the information. You know, the late Bill, Bill Buckley used to say that the conservatives don't need one control of the media. We just need to have a balance. That's it. Because when the public hears both sides, 80% of the time they're going to go for the conservative side. But we need to get that information out. What we're seeing is that big tech especially has been restricting the amount of control that Facebook and Twitter and Google, especially Google, has over the public is just incredible. I don't believe that they should be immune from lawsuits under Section 230. I think they should be subject just like any other publisher. They certainly act like one. Well said. All right, Chris, we're going to leave it there. Uh, Always appreciate you coming on and appreciate the great work Newsmax is doing. You make it to Memphis, the ribs are on me. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Download the Newsmax app on your smartphone and call 800-NEWSMAX to get uh, our magazine. All right, Chris. Absolutely. Chris Ruddy, ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of Newsmax. And again, uh, folks, we got links to Newsmax and their app over on the live show blog. We got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Toll free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Starn Show. So you just heard Chris Ruddy from Newsmax talking about this organization called NewsGuard. And this is one of the media monitoring organizations, and they literally grade you. And this is they're in cahoots with Google and everybody else. So if they give you a failing grade, then your website is not eligible for ads. Uh, your website is marginalized in, in search algorithms. It's pretty horrible. And... We've actually had to work with these people at NewsGuard because I believe that our team here at ToddSterns.com is doing good journalism. And we follow all of the we follow all of the guidelines. Fair and balanced. That's what we do. You may not like our coverage, but that's what we do. Everything is fair and balanced. If it's an opinion piece, it's clearly labeled an opinion piece. And we had to work with these people, and we're one of the few conservative sites that's actually green lighted by NewsGuard. But it's it's like every week they're complaining about something. But now the word is coming out that NewsGuard has been funded by the Pentagon. 
And so you've got the federal government now cracking down on conservative news outlets. That's what we are dealing with here. And it is an ugly, ugly thing. And it is, I feel bad for a lot of a lot of conservative websites uh, because they simply um, they simply do not they don't have the resources that we have, and they can't fight back. And, and that's a that's a big problem. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. So there is uh, an interesting story out of, out of Memphis, and I try to share these stories with you because if it's happening in Memphis, it's happening in your town. And we got a big problem here, and it, it, multiple big problems, but one of them is the judicial system. And so you now have these activist judges, and we elect our judges here. So they have to run for office just like everybody else. So we have these activist judges, and these judges are out there, and they side with the criminals. So they're not out for justice. They're out to, to, to look after the criminals. And the mayor of Memphis, a guy by the name of Jim Strickland, uh, just fired off a nasty letter because they're letting everybody out of jail. Everybody gets out of jail here in Memphis, Tennessee. I want to read this to you. The the mayor is sending out a letter over the weekend. Last year, I did a public record request in Shelby County Criminal Court, 280 guilty verdicts involving only aggravated assault. Of those, 25% were granted probation, no prison time. Among the people that were given that were given probation, no prison time, a guy who shot his roommate with a gun a drive-by shooting, a guy who shot at a victim and her child, another guy who stabbed somebody, and a guy who shot somebody in the stomach. All of those people got probation. They never had to serve a single day of jail time. A more recent example, on July 14, 2021, a man pulled a gun on a Memphis police officer. The police officer took cover behind a tree. The man fired three shots at the cop. Now, let me ask you this. Let me stop right here. Imagine what would have happened had the cop fired back. You would have had Al Sharpton down here faster than you could get a buffet at the KFC. But you got no you got no national news coverage when the bad guys are shooting at the cops. So anyway, the guy fires three shots at the cop, misses the cop, The suspect was later arrested. Now, this was in July when that happened. He was later arrested in August and charged with attempted first-degree murder and other charges. On December 7th, 2022, a plea deal was reached. The officer opposed the plea deal, but the court approved it, and the punishment, get this, the punishment in Memphis for shooting at a cop probation, no prison time. What do you say about that, America? This is this is what happens when you have activist judges. Let's go to Vicki, listening to us on KWAM in Memphis. Vicki, what say you? Hey, Todd. I just had to call in because, you know, all this crime thing. I have to say, I was really impressed with Jimmy Strickland that, that he actually – sorry, I knew, him, I knew him before he was mayor – um, that he actually put that letter out. I was very pleased. For him, that's a pretty big step. And um, I'm so frustrated. Um, I've told my story how I was almost, um, my, almost, almost stole my purse, and the only reason 
the kid didn't grab my purses because I happened to have my pistol on me. And then, of course, my youngest son has been had his window knocked out at University of Memphis and Memphis and his girlfriend, both of them. And they took she's a nursing student and they took her laptop and all her paperwork and everything. And um, my son was lucky enough that he didn't have anything in his truck. Um, I know multiple people around me that have had their cars broken into. I have someone else that had was knocked down. They stole her purse. It just goes on and on. The list is just endless and it's got to stop. I just was driving down Poplar Avenue. Now I'm out driving around because, you know, I'm in real estate and just about got run over by a black um, Dodge kind of car, probably, a, I don't know what kind, but he was trying to go 100 miles an hour around us, nearly ran us off the road. And it's just, and it's, it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. And, and the problem is the same people that are committing the crimes, they, they don't, they, they go to jail, they get arrested, the cops do their jobs, and then they're right back out on the street and the cops are like, you know, what is the point of all of this? What is the oh, point? Oh, we had a lieutenant from the Memphis Police Department come out to our office in Forest Hill, and um, he spent two hours with us, and he said, we know who these people are. We know every one of them, and we know where they live. We know all about them. We know which gangs they're in, and there's nothing we can do. And he said the frustration with the police yep. department is we're doing our job, and we can't, and they let them right back out the same all right. night. Vicki, I got to leave it there. We're running late for a break here. But I appreciate your call. Again, 844-747-8868. Are you you tired of the crime, America? All right, people, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're not standing in line waiting to take your money out of the bank. Just go home. Just chill for a little while. Let's see how this plays out. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Carol Roth uh, joins us. She is the author of a new book coming out in July, You Will Own Nothing, Your War with the New Financial World Order and How to Fight Back. Carol, good to have you with us today. Yeah, it's a very uplifting uh, book and set of topics that we're enduring here. Happy Monday to everyone. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Carol, I I really appreciate a lot of your comments yesterday. I saw that you were weighing in on social media uh, about what's happening here. And give us a rundown of where we are right now. What should we be concerned about? What should we not be concerned about? (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a lot to answer in a very short period of time, but let me try to, to give you the, the most recent news. So the Fed and the Treasury came out and issued a joint statement yesterday that while Silicon Valley Bank had been closed and they have decided to close a, another bank, Signature Bank, which, fun fact, uh, Dodd-Frank architect Barney Frank actually sits on the board of directors of, um, they were going to backstop depositors. I know a lot of people say this is a bank bailout. I want to be clear that they're not saying that they're going to make shareholders whole. They are showing management the door. But what they don't want to do is that businesses that put money in a bank um, that you know really was having a liquidity issue. They didn't make toxic loans. They didn't you know take you know crazy risky bets. The riskiest thing they did is lock their money up in treasury and mortgage-backed securities for 10 years, um, and are, they're just trying to plug a liquidity hole that they're not going to take down those depositors with them, and they're trying to keep some faith in the banking system. And the idea is if they hadn't done this, 
anybody who had money in a bank where they felt it was above the the security limits, um, particularly small businesses and perhaps some of the larger businesses, would start getting very nervous. Could be pulling that out and create could create a bank run through the entire system, and certainly nobody wants that to happen. So they are trying to instill some confidence. Whether Joe Biden coming out and telling us this and that uh, other quote unquote deposits are secure, even though there wasn't really a lot of um, explicit plans around that, um, hopefully that calms things down. But certainly this is a situation that is rapidly unfolding and you know, there may be some other contagion. The, the hope is that it's uh, on the, the smaller nature. Yeah, I was just checking Wall Street Journal. Uh, their big headline, route in bank stocks extends despite emergency measures. And I think just people are really concerned. But again, Carol, it's important to remind folks, um, $250,000, you know, anything below that is going to be covered. It's going to be insured. Is that right? So you want to check with your bank um, to see if you have FDIC insurance. Most banks are, you know, up to that $250,000 limit. Uh, or with the, if you're with a credit union, the entity is the NCUA. So it's a good thing to give your bank a call and just make sure that you have um, your account structured properly and they're protected. But, you know, most of the time that's going to be the case, but not 100% of the time. So you want to make sure you're with an institution that has that kind of coverage. It really is those deposits. You know, Anybody who's a small business owner who might have more money for cash management and payroll, um, you know, one of the, the firms that was caught up in the Silicon Valley Bank situation was Etsy, that marketplace for artists and entrepreneurs. And so the, the contag- potential contag- contagion effect there was that they might not be able to pay their sellers, you know, because they're banking through Silicon Valley Bank. Now, again, that's been backstopped. But, you know, it's those kinds of things that, um, you know, if you're a small business owner, you may want to have a discussion with your financial institution on, you know, how, how you can perhaps move around um, and make better use of your cash management just in case this um, promise to backstop depositors maybe isn't as um, comprehensive as it was uh, it communicated this morning. And and further down river from, you know, Silicon Valley, uh, our, we base our show out of Memphis, Tennessee, and there was at least one local business here. They were not able to pay their workers because their direct deposit was handled by a company uh, that had its accounts with, with Silicon Valley. So we're probably going to see these kinds of things. I think Etsy put out a statement earlier today uh, saying that um, you know their payments might be delayed as well. Exactly. That, and that's the contagion. When, I, when everybody was saying, well, why are you bailing out you know, Silicon Valley? I just suggest that people replace the name Silicon Valley and pretend that it was Small Business Bank of Iowa. If that were the case, how would you feel? You know, would you want depositors to, to bear this risk? And as you said, it, there is this kind of um, downstream effect you know, throughout the economy because other businesses uh, rely on these banks and then they can't pay their payrolls or they provide services and then those companies that are their customers can't pay their payrolls and we don't want that to happen. So that should, um, with this announcement, be backstopped and uh, hopefully the payroll company is you know, now back in business with access to its funds and Etsy and the like. But those are, those are the kinds of things that we don't want to see happen here. And that was what the statement by the Fed and Treasury 
reiterated by President Biden this morning, was meant to do is to, to restore some confidence. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that message is you know received over the coming days, weeks, and months. All right, folks, write down this website, carolroth.com. That's carolroth.com. And uh, Carol, I know we talk a lot about um, being sure that you have a diverse portfolio and uh, Legacy Precious Metals is is a sponsor of this program uh, and uh, they sell gold and silver, uh, which I'm a big proponent of. And again, it's just it's really not having all of your eggs in, in one basket. And I know you've got a, an exciting event coming up this evening uh, on Twitter for what you call gold virgins. <laughs> yes, and just for full disclosure, I, I work with a different gold company, but the, the important thing is that we want to educate people on having part of their portfolio hedged in a form factor that they can control. And so one of the things that people were asking me on Twitter was, you know, what do I do? Like, I don't even know how to get started. And I think there's a lot of fear and uncertainty, um, not necessarily around doing it, because I think people are seeing the importance of it, but just even how to do it. So I'm having a Twitter Spaces at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Um, my handle is Carol J.S. Roth, so you can see the the little reminder to get into the spaces there. But it is for gold virgins, people uh, you know, who've never bought precious metals before. And we expect people who are, you know, active in that to weigh in with their experience. So everybody is is welcome to come listen and participate. And, you know, I think it's really important um, as we move into a new stage in the financial world order, um, it's just, you know, part of the cycle of how things happen with financial empires. It happened with the British financial empire. It happened with the Dutch financial empire. It's going to happen with us. Things are going to shift. You're going to want to have control over you know, some of your wealth in hard assets, you know, whether that's precious metals, whether that's owning a home and some land and, and whatnot. So you know, these types of things are going to become more and more important. And I think this, uh, the last couple of days really shows you, you know, why you need to take action now and not wait. Uh, you don't want to buy the insurance on your house after it's burnt down. Fair, that's a fair point, and and also if you're gonna if you're gonna go to a new bank, just make sure Barney Frank is not on the board of directors. Just <laughs> just want to throw right, that, that out that, there. That, all, all of all of that great uh, all of that great uh, regulation that he crafted, and then you know <laughs> oversaw a bank and it failed. Us. Oh Lord, help us! All right, Carol, great intel, and uh, folks, go check out that uh, th- that exciting Twitter Spaces tonight. That's going to be a great conversation, and again, you can access all of that at uh, carolroth.com. Carol, always good hearing from you. Thanks for coming on the show today. All right, great to be with you, and we'll see you back on Twitter. All right, Carol Roth, everybody. She was doing a Q&A with Glenn Beck, and I thought, we got this makes so much sense. Got to get her on the show today, and I'm glad she was able to, uh, to carve out a few minutes for us. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, I want to give you guys some advice. And I I do this as a matter of public service. So I know some of you like to crack jokes, and um, they're pretty funny jokes, but you got to be careful who you're going to be joking around with, right? So I just want, look, if 
if you want to make fun of straight people, that's fair game. And I think the average straight person, by and large, is going to love a good joke, right? At the, even at their expense, it, they're funny. And uh, so, so I think you're on safe ground there. Never, ever, ever make fun of a gay person. Never, ever, ever tell a gay-centric joke, ever. They don't have a sense of humor. Hate to break it to you, and I, but I want to. I just want to help keep you out of trouble. All right. So if you want to go after the uh, the straight folks, straight guys, ha- have at it, have fun. As a matter of fact, uh, they actually have TV shows dedicated to making fun of straight of straight guys. Right, queer eye for the straight guy. That the whole point of that of that show is that straight guys uh, don't know how to cook. They don't know how to treat a woman. They don't know how to dress. They have bad hair, bad hygiene, and the only people that can save them is the gay guy, right? That's the whole point of that TV show. That's why there is not a straight eye for the queer guy show. There's just not. I'm just telling you. That's the reason why, because it would be too offensive. So I say that because Mike Pence, the former vice president of these great United States, was a guest at the annual Gridiron Club dinner. And this is an annual event. They don't they don't televise it. They don't broadcast it because it's pretty much the media and politicians making fun of themselves. They're basically roasting each other. So Mike Pence told a joke at the Gridiron dinner. And I'm going to share this joke with you. He has he has been denounced by just about every Democrat in America because of the joke that he told at the Gridiron Club dinner, which, by the way, it's a roast. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be um, out there. I was going to say raunchy, but it's really not a raunchy joke. But he has been condemned by everybody. You want to hear the joke? It's, I got to tell you, it's a pretty funny joke. So here we go. Mike Pence was talking about Pete Booty Judge. And I'm telling you, it's it's bad. It's bad. You, you just can't make you, you can't you can't tell these kinds of jokes. So Pence was talking about travel problems that were plaguing Americans. And he mentioned that Booty Judge took maternity leave after he and his husband adopted newborn twins. It's true then, but he did. But that's not the joke. Here's the joke. Pete is the only person in human history to have a child, and everyone else gets postpartum depression. <laughs> I think that's funny. Josh and Dylan are laughing. <laughs> that was a pretty good joke, right? <laughs> Holy crap. Has I mean, it has hit the fan. So KJP, she is a, a lesbian. First and foremost, beyond being an American citizen, she is a lesbian. And she is not happy. She released a statement to the Washington Blade, which is a gay publication. The former vice president's homophobic joke about Secretary Booty Judge was offensive and inappropriate. All the more so because he treated women suffering from postpartum depression as a punchline. Wait, what? He should apologize to women and LGBTQ people who are entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. It was a joke darling it was a joke oh by the way somebody got it one of the leftist publications got very upset with me that todd starns he's just he's a woman hater he called women broads no i called leftist wackadoodle women broads 
The conservative women are beautiful, educated, wholesome women who should be treated like queens. Anyway, uh, people are very upset about all this. So it was interesting because Pence also, and this was just odd, because this is not a serious event at all. I mean, it's just all jokes and songs and dances and gags, the whole nine yards. Anyway, uh, Pence weighed in on Donald Trump during this during this um, uh, this comedy bit, and he goes off on Trump and literally calls out and rebukes President Trump, saying that January the sixth was a disgrace, and history will hold Donald Trump accountable for what happened. Pence goes on to say, President Trump was wrong. I had um, I had no right to overturn the election, and his reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day, and I know history will hold Donald Trump accountable. All right, so let's do the math here. It is March of 2023. The riot at the Capitol happened on January the 6th, 2021. So... What took him so long? What took Pence so long to call out Donald Trump? Now, it's one thing if this was all about politics, but it's not about politics because Mike Pence clearly states that Donald Trump put his family in jeopardy. Now, I like Mike Pence, really do. I, I think he is a good and decent person. I, I don't think the joke was homophobic. And, you know, I even think that he would probably make a pretty okay president right up there with George H.W. Bush. I, 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 I think he would. Do I think he should be president? No, I don't. And the reason why is because Mike Pence has a problem standing up and doing the right thing in the face of adversity. And I go back to his time as governor when he was when he signed off on those religious freedom bills and then and then rescinded those bills after he came under fire from the radical sex and gender crowd. So if, in fact, Mike Pence's family was in grave danger, I don't care who Donald Trump was. And again, this is just from Mike Pence's perspective here. I would have called out Donald Trump that day and every single day afterwards. But what Pence is doing here is playing to the crowd. I don't think Pence Pence really means this, but maybe he does. I don't know. But it just seems to me that if if you were Mike Pence and your family was literally under attack and you feared for their lives, you would spend every waking moment, and especially if you blame Donald Trump, you would spend every waking moment telling everyone who would listen about that. But that's not what Mike Pence did. I'll tell you what Mike Pence did just a few weeks before the riots, Mike Pence was standing before conservatives and vowing to fight until the bitter end. So Mike Pence was the one sending mixed messages here. But again, I, we've invited Mike Pence back on the show. And I, I will tell you this, it's, it's going to be hard because a lot of people, because we have had President Trump on our program multiple times, they don't want to come on this show. We're always going to treat people with a fair and balanced conversation. But but there are people like Pence that will not come on this program because we support Donald Trump. And and that's just I, I want you to know that. The same thing with DeSantis. 
By the way, we reached out to DeSantis again. I think they told us, check back again next year. Yeah, we're not going to do that. So, you know what? If he's going to disrespect our audience, yeah, we're not interested. All right, we got we to gotta get out of here. We will continue this conversation tomorrow. Folks, get out there. Have a great day. Be good, America. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.